following message was recorded at Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org. Lord Jesus, thank you for being our high priest, our mediator, our advocate. Thank you for uh, being seated by the, by, by the Father as, as the one that, uh, that, that, that stands in our stead, the glorified King that, that we can come to boldly and confidently, knowing that you know our hearts uh, fully. Uh, is such a gift, and yet you love us perfectly. So incredible. That you, uh, that you want us to know your daddy and you have made it possible. You, you even told us that when we pray, pray this, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Grant us, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we have forgiven those who have trespassed against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lord, thank you that, that you have introduced us to your Father. And we now have the privilege of knowing him personally, intimately. And so, Father, thank you for your sacrifice, for your love, for your grace, that we were conceived in love perfectly and been given the right to be called children of God. Father, I thank you for uh, just delivering Jill and Linda from the hospital with COVID this week. I'm just so grateful for that. Thank you for moving the storm. Uh, And Lord, we pray for those that are in the path of the storms, but know that you do awesome things in the storms. Lord, help us to trust you in the storms of life. Help us not to move in fear, but faith. Help us to walk by faith and not by sight. And let that be the true identity of of our pursuit and our desire for you. Lord, I, I, I pray for, for Brandon and Mike and all of Mike's family. I pray for Wayne, Lord, and, and for others that are, are, are dealing with this, this terrible virus, Lord. I pray in the midst of this that they would find sweet, precious time with you and find their souls fed and healed and refreshed. We know that your, your ways are not our ways, and oftentimes you do things that are that are just glorious, but help us to see it and to embrace it from your perspective. Lord, I, I, uh, I thank you for our teachers and our students as they go back to school. I pray that their hearts would be opened to you and that our teachers would, would be uh, unashamed gospel-bearing lights uh, to, to their students, Lord, this year that you would strengthen them. Um, Father, we continue to pray for comfort for Miss Helen's family. Uh, Lord, we give you Earl and Jade and Colette and, uh, for, for his health and for, for Jade as she prepares to be a mom. Uh, we pray for baby Luke as he prepares to come into the world. Lord, we pray that you would bless and, uh, and protect and guide and strengthen, Lord. And uh, we're just thankful for our senior saints and for caregivers. We ask that you administer to marriages. We know that's, that often is a, is a target of the enemy, and we pray that you would strengthen husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church and to lay down their lives for them and, and help wives to, to respect their husbands and, and to, to love them and to serve in submission. Lord, I pray that you would minister to homes and hearts and marriages in ways that just, just demonstrate your power and presence, Lord. And I pray that you'd open our hearts right now, Father. 
to the ministry of your word. Holy Spirit, that you would inject power and truth into our lives in ways that move us from, from us to you. Lord, that we would, we would know you and that we would, our, our, the ambition and passion of our life would be to make you known. And that would be authentic and sincere. Because we know without faith it's impossible to please you, Lord. And that your desire is for those that come to you that, you, that we would believe you exist and that you reward those who earnestly seek you. So, Father, this day we give you praise and ask that you administer, embolden, strengthen, heal, uh, increase our faith, move us from fear to faith, Lord, in whatever category or circumstance we're in, and open our eyes to your love, how, how deep and wide and broad and, and profound your love is for us so that we'd be satisfied in you. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I, I want to... I want to ask that our teachers would stand. Um, uh, anyone that is in the capacity of teaching um, or is a facilitator of schools like Miss Sandy uh, in the teaching uh, that, you know, and, and their spouses as well, because, you know, we're one, we're a team in, in everything that we do. Um, and I, I want to pray for our teachers, um, you know, our precious teachers that I believe are on the front lines of a, of a mission field that is, that is, so critical in our country. Um, I, I, I reached out to, to, to try to reach out to all of them this week just to see how they're doing. I reached out to John and John is, uh, is at Calvary Christian School this year, uh, has transitioned out of the public school into the private and asked him how he's doing. And he was just, I mean, his response was worship. Like, I'm so overwhelmed. I, I don't want to speak for you. How, how, share with us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, what, a, what an amazing privilege, man, whether in a Christian or public school um, to, to, to get to, to pour into students' lives. So guys, can we, can we pray together for these, these, these precious ones, these frontline, these heroes? Father, we're thankful for each of these men and women that are our brothers and sisters that, are, that have been assigned, called, ordained uh, to a mission to, to love students to pour into their lives, to reflect your glory, to shine your light and, and uh, to be the salt, to, to speak truth, um, to live truth in front of them. Lord, I pray that, that when, they, when students see them, they'll see you, Lord. I pray that you would embolden them, that you would strengthen them, that you would protect them, that you would guide them intimately into this school year, that you would uh, bless their students through them, Lord, each one of them that uh, we pray for our students, that each one of them would come to know you, Lord Jesus. We can teach them everything there is to know about life, but if they don't know you, they've, they've missed everything. And so, Lord, I pray that, um, that you would bless these, these precious, mighty warriors and that, uh, that you would sustain them and strengthen them in their task. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Please encourage them throughout the year. John. I'm, I'm standing and I just want to 
Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's such a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And keep keep Christina and Joe in prayer because I mean, that there's still more to go there. But uh, thank God, that is that that's a huge praise. Um, our family uh, seeks to have um, to have to have time of rest. Um, for recently, it's it's on it's on Saturdays, and so part of that is is our our time of worship, family worship together. And uh, yesterday. Uh, we we read from from this. This is the next series, I guess, from Jesus. Um, from um, what's the first one? Jesus calling to Jesus always, and and I've always appreciated um, the, the the premise of this of this series is that it, it's the scriptures speaking to us as the Lord kind of speaks His word back to us, and and I thought this was very rich, and I I wanted to begin with this this morning. I will restore to you the joy of my salvation. When you confess your sin to me with a humble heart, I gladly forgive you. But there is more. I restore you. The salvation of your soul is the source of the inexpressible and glorious joy. I want you to experience once again the rich, deep pleasure of a close relationship with me i desire to be your first love many people and things compete for your attention so keeping me first in your heart requires diligence you have developed ways of seeking me that are familiar and easy for you but the danger of relying too much on routine is that it can become a tenuous duty when you realize this has happened, you need to stop and try something new. Remember who I am, King of kings and Lord of lords, creation sustainer of this vast and awesome universe. Take time, take extra time to worship and adore me before bringing me your other prayers and petitions. This will awaken your heart to my glory and to the joy of my presence. Haven't you found that true? I mean that we understand that the heart of our of our God is that he I mean why did Jesus go to the cross? To to we talked about it this morning, right? To be the way back to the Father. To to tear the the veil from top to bottom and give us access to his presence because in his presence is the abundance of joy, right? But in his presence is so much more. I mean, we, we find our purpose, we find our hope, we find, we find a sense of, of, of contentment and peace and rest. And, and he wants, and, and, and the list goes on and on and on. But Jesus went through the cross so that we could come to the Father and we could experience his presence. I love in that peace that it challenges us that, you know, just like in any other relationship, there are times where we need to mix up the routine because it becomes stale. It, let's remember it's a relationship, right? And, uh, and, and we, need to, we need to come to him in prayer, conversation on a perpetual basis that just allows us to pour our heart out to him and for him to give us his heart back so that we know him. Because at the end of the day, isn't that what Jesus says is, is most critical? Is that, 
you know, depart from me for I did not know you. It's, it's all about knowing him. And this is what he desires is that we would know him. And we sang a song this morning. I've given all I had, all I have just to what? Just to know you, just to know you. Is that, is that true of you? Have you, have you really abandoned self and all of the, the trappings of this life in order to just know him, knowing that he's the pearl of great price? Have you, have you as the parable that Jesus told, have you sold the land? Have you, have you sold everything you got in order to, 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 to have him? Because it's worth it. It's worth, we, we've, we've got to give our life. We've got to lose our life to find it, right? And, and truly we find what life is all about. Well, I want to dive into, um, again, this, this week, last week and this week, um, uh, set apart in order for me. I just wanted to share some of the things the Lord taught me during uh, my sabbatical. And, uh, and it's more of a testimony than it is a teaching. But, but of course, God's word always is the central component that really teaches us and transforms us. And, uh, and next week, we'll be back in Luke chapter 6 uh, and excited about that journey, too. But I, I, wanted you, I want you to know that for me, the, the finish line was May 1st. And, um, and you know, I, I'm a, I'm a, I grew up playing a lot of sports, so you always want to leave it on the field. You want to finish well, you know. Um, but, man, I, I got to tell you, it was kind of like, I, I don't know if you watched any of the Olympics, but watching some of these folks that just kind of like got over the, the finish line and was just like, you know, that, that was my experience uh, on May 1st. I was, um, I, I was, I had been tired and exhausted for, for several years. And, and the truth is you don't even know it till you're rested. Does that make sense? You don't even realize how tired you are, uh, until you, you're not tired anymore. Um, and the, uh, the physical fatigue was, was, had been for quite some time. And, uh, and, and honestly, you know, my, my passion was, I didn't want it to affect you know, my, my offering to the Lord, ministry, uh, serving. Um, so oftentimes it was just, you know, doing everything in order to make sure that, our, you know, our time together wasn't, wasn't compromised. And so um, I'll tell you, uh, I, I wrote this because I wanted to, to really capture this. And this, this is from a, from a hindsight perspective. I knew in my heart that this was going to be a very decisive season. Um, either transition, to be honest, or revitalization for the next quarter. What I realized after, um, after the sabbatical was, you know, I was thinking, man, I'm heading into the fourth quarter here. I want to get rested so I can finish well, you know. And uh, the Lord uh, rebuked me in that and said, this isn't the fourth quarter. This is halftime. We got two more quarters to go, buddy. And, uh, but when you're, when you're in a tired place, like you're just, you're, you're kind of cutting it short, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, but on the other side, man, I embraced that halftime um, kind of illustration. I went into the locker room exhausted and slightly discouraged, to be honest, but knew this, this break would come with direction and encouragement from the coach, the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord, I have come out motivated, filled with vision and direction, invigorated and ready for the third quarter. And if you're a hockey fan, let's say the second period, okay? Um, confident that 
that, that Christ ultimately is already victorious and that we are more than conquerors. And ultimately, the peace that most pastors have once we embrace and understand this is that Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. He will build his church. He is the head of the church. We are simply under shepherds and ideally just servants, right? Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He said, if you want to be great, become a servant. And man, that, man, that, that, that attitude just gets, gets so much traction in relationships, Does that make sense? Like marriage, for example, having a servant attitude in marriage, being willing to to give sacrificially. You know, one of the words that I looked at during my my sabbatical was the word sacrifice. And you know, I was talking to Marty about this this morning, is that the word sacrifice in Hebrew, and of course you read Hebrew the other way, right? Um, From right to left instead of left to right. So what it means is, it's two words in Hebrew, and it means holy to make, to make holy, right? That's what, that's what the word sacrifice means. You know, I, I desire obedience over, in other words, when we sacrifice by the way that we prioritize the Lord in, you know, there are times where to put God first here in this particular uh, circumstance or moment, then I've got to sacrifice this and that becomes our, our offering, but through that, we are made holy. Does that make sense? And Israel would have understood that when they would bring their sacrifice, that, that in this, God was somehow making them holy. And ultimately, it pointed to Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice that truly made us holy. And so there's so much to glean and understand in his word. Well, during my sabbatical, I found that as we talked about last week in Psalms 23, he truly made me to lie down in green pastures. Uh, he leads us beside still or quiet waters. That there are times where, where God will open opportunities, lay things aside. You ever, you ever had things cancel on you? Events, circumstances? Has there ever been a pandemic that shut down the world at any point in your life? You know, like these are moments where God uh, says, I mean, f- we have to always believe that what man intends for evil, God intends for good. We always have to believe that, that God's intentions or even his working all things together for good, like God's got great plans in this. Now, oftentimes the, the this might seem like the cross. Remember Jesus in the garden? And, and he knew what he was facing. He had already had some time with Moses and Elijah and the Mount of Transfiguration. And it says there that they were discussing his departure, right? So, so a lot of these details that he, he ends up sharing with his disciples were clear to him. And in the garden, we see that, you know, here's, here's Jesus that has truly taken on, as Hebrew says, flesh and blood. He's, he's experiencing humanity. He laid his deity. He did not consider it something to be held on to. Right? He made himself nothing, taking the very form of the servant, being obedient to death, even death on the cross. He humbled himself. And in this moment, and we talk about this often, but in this moment, like the first thing he says before he says, not my will, but your will be done. You know what he says? He says, Father, you can do anything. 
Have you ever been there? You ever been in something where you're like, I don't want this, I don't like this. How, how can you be good in this, Lord? And you, you have to reconcile the fact that God can fix this. I mean, he can do anything. But let's, let's look at Christ's example here because this is so powerful. And some of the things that God spoke to me in the month of May is that, man, the next words out of the Lord Jesus' mouth was, but not my will, but your will be done. And, and that's what faith declares. Because I don't know about you, but I'm confident at this point in my walk with the Lord that his ways are better than my ways. Like, and, and that he, he does work all things together for good. Because let's, let's look at this ultimate scenario. That here's Jesus going, in the flesh, he's going, you can do anything, Father. Um, would you take this away from me? Now, here's the, here's the thing I just want to point out here, and I don't want to spend too much time here because we could camp out here for a day. But like, here, here's the interesting thing. God was saving the world He was sacrificing his son intentionally. Jesus had embraced this mission and he was saving the world. And at the same time, Jesus is being an example to you and I that in these moments where we want God to take it away and we know he can do it. And when he doesn't, we say, your will be done. That is a statement that I believe, God, that you can work all things together for good. I believe that this, I don't have to understand to know that you are good and that there's something that you're doing here that I don't understand. Do you know that he's always saving in the midst of moments that might seem painful for us? That he's, he's always reconciling and healing and saving. Do you believe in the goodness of God? Do you believe that he's good no matter what circumstances dictate that he's good? Because this is, this is where the enemy attacks, right? He wants to undermine his attributes and, 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 and he uses our circumstances when we're in a moment that we go, God, you could change this right now. I don't understand why you're not and I wish you would, but not my will, but your will be done. What a glorious example to us of what it looks like to trust our Heavenly Father. And did, did that work out pretty well for everybody, including Jesus? He's now, he's now the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. But let me just point this out. Was it a painful journey for him? Where was, where was the Father throughout that journey? with him. Don't, don't ever be deceived about the teachings on that. The father was with him, was with him. One of the things that the Lord taught me in that, and in that time of just being with him in, in quiet and, and seeking him and having that precious opportunity, you know, one of the things I'm reminded is Jesus models this, as I mentioned last week, that there, was there times that Jesus just said, Hey, I'm, 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 I'm going to go, I'm, I'm go spend time with my father. You know, I mentioned Mark 135 last week, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the, the house where there was a lot of need and ministry and, and people. 
And he went to a solitary place and he prayed. And that's not the only occasion where we see Jesus sometimes spending a whole night in prayer on a mountain, seeking the Father's heart and his will. And so if Jesus needed to do that, we're desperate uh, for that time, for sure. This morning, um, as we got together for Bible study, um, this was another piece that the Lord gave me during the sabbatical time. Uh, you, you might not be familiar with this text, but in, in uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, uh, Miss Roxanne is very familiar with this text because we did this during um, VBS. So if you were here for VBS, this is one of our five-day Bible studies. And, uh, and it was Elijah and the broom bush. And, and, and I, I can't get into this too deeply, but I just want to just share the, the, the fruit of this is that Elijah had just been used by God to, to demonstrate God's power, God's presence um, on Mount Carmel. Right. And, and 850 prophets had been put to the sword and, and false prophets that had been given the, the, the sanction of the of King Ahab and Jezebel. And uh, and God had demonstrated his power in mighty ways. Like he licked up water, stones, sacrificed the whole deal. Right. And um, and this was this was uh, this was an incredible moment in, in history, history of Israel, because if we understand the context, Israel was was completely um, not walking with the Lord. Um, they, they weren't worshiping. Their altars were broken down. And, and he builds back the altar in order to make this sacrifice to the Lord. And, and God moves and demonstrates his presence and power in a mighty way. Well, right after that, Jezebel gets angry, who wasn't there, and is told by her husband Ahab and says, you know, may the gods deal with me the same way that you dealt with those prophets if, if I don't have your life uh, tomorrow this time. And so, uh, um, Elijah says, yeah, whatever, God's got me, and he moves on, right? No, he's terrified, and he runs with his tail between his legs, and he runs. And he finds himself uh, in Beersheba at, under a broom tree. And, uh, and, and literally, his words are, I don't care if I live or die. You know, I'm the only one left, which wasn't true. Um, so, you know, like this is the end of the road for me. I'm finished. Right. And he falls. He literally falls asleep, exhausted. And I encourage you to go to to chapter 18 and 19 of First Kings this afternoon and kind of dig this through. But I want to tell you that when we are fatigued and having any degree of fear rather than walking in faith, it leads us down some pretty dark paths. But it's amazing because God, through angelic means, feeds Elijah not once but twice. He, he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemy. As the enemy is speaking discouragement, and doesn't he do that? Isn't it when we're tired and we're fearful that the enemy just wants to tell us that, you know what, it's just you. And, uh, and why not just give up, right? In fact, why not just run, run away? And that's exactly what Elijah does. He literally runs to Mount Horeb, which is what we find in verse nine or 10 is um, God literally, his voice to him in the cave after a night's sleep is, what are you doing here, Elijah? He literally ran in the opposite direction of where the Lord would send him. And don't we do that too? Don't we have that legacy in the, from the garden that we try? We either run, cover up, hide, blame. 
Like we, we have to acknowledge that our flesh has this, this default. And what the Spirit beckons us to do is this. Trust God. Trust God. Do not walk in faith. Perfect, perfect love casts out all fear. Christ has taken the punishment of your sin. Never let the enemy tell, remind you of your sin because it's paid for in full. When he reminds you of, his, of your past, remind him of his future, right? Like, like let's, let's walk out the word. Let's really believe that, that we are redeemed and our sins are, are completely atoned for because that's how the truth sets us free. Does that make sense? The truth sets us free from the lies the enemy wants to tell us that because this is, this is what Elijah was believing, that I'm not useful anymore. I'm no good. Just take my life. And that's what the enemy wants to do, to steal, kill, and destroy, right? He's a roaring lion that seeks to devour. And so we can't run. We shouldn't hide. We shouldn't walk in fear. But what I want to point out here is there are going to be times where you're going to get tired. And you're going to want to quit because that's what the enemy is feeding you in that season. But in the moments where we are fatigued, we have to throw ourselves on the feet of Jesus. We've got we to trust him in those moments. And, and I encourage you to, to walk a, a life that is filled with moments or rhythms of rest. Right? Acknowledging that he is our rest. So just to go back to a little bit about last week, because this is really the, the bigger picture of my sabbatical experience is, like, are you spending time with him? Like, he is your rest. Like, you're going to, apart from me, you can do nothing. That sounds like tired. Like, he, if anybody tired this morning? Like, he is your oasis. He is your rest, your hiding place. He, like, our, our lives as we grow up in him should be marked by spending time with him because our lives our ministry is an overflow of of his presence with us i mean he's he's done what he's done to make that possible draw near to me and i will draw near to you abide in me and i will abide in you like god wants to impart life and peace and hope and rest and joy into our lives but those things are found in his presence and elijah was running he was tired. Isn't it funny? I don't know, but am I alone here that, that when I'm tired and maybe a little discouraged, as I said, where I started here in the sabbatical, that our, our tendency isn't to like spend time with him. Our tendency is to, to veg in front of a TV or to, to run to some perceived form of escape or, or rest. Oh, I need a vacation. And I love that Jesus says to Martha, 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 you are worried and distracted about many things. And then he says, he says, worried, distracted. Another translation says anxious. And he says, but one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen that better part, sitting at my feet. But here's the best part for today. And it will not be taken from her. Like, do you know that Jesus' feet is always available to you? And I mean, like, 
he longs for us to earnestly seek him. He, you ask, seek, and knock, and the door will be open. I mean, like, there's promises made that if we, if we just, like, and, and have, you, have you come to know the benefits of his presence? Have you come to know that? Hello? Have you? Have you come to know that, that life is found in his presence, that joy is found? Like, everything that we long for, in, in, and, it, and he, he restores our soul. Man, we have, and I'm not talking about disciplines. I'm talking about the longings of our life should be finding moments and ways to spend more time with him. That's so challenging for us. And why is it when we're in a tired, discouraged place that that just doesn't seem to be the, the longing? Because it's our, it's our flesh that, that wars with that, with that truth. Right? Like we, 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 we have these feelings that are unsanctified at times that, that, this, that, that we, we kind of let lead our lives. I, I shared this morning that, that feelings are indicators, but they're terrible motivators. Don't be led of your feelings. Let faith lead the way. And then your feelings can be expressions of, of faith, of the experience that you're having with this wonderful and gracious God. And then we worship, not because... It's a song being sung, but because it's our hearts that have to sing. Does that make sense? And so a lot of that was, was wrapped up in, in, in that time. I prayed for many weeks leading up to May 1st and, and looked into how uh, other pastors and ministry leaders spent their sabbatical. Many used their time t- uh, for refreshment, and that took various forms. Some traveled, uh, some wrote books, uh, I don't know how restful that would be. Um, so I, I prayerfully thought that I would go visit some of our missionaries. And Sharon can tell you that this has been a, a, a passion of ours, you know, for some time. Just to, you know, you see it in the, in the New Testament where, you know, that, that, that Timothy went or Titus went or, or others went and just encouraged Paul or, you know, that I, I wanted to go and visit some of our, our missionaries. But of course, um, it was a challenging time to travel, especially internationally. But you know what the Lord did in that? Because I, I believe the Lord gives us the desires of our hearts, right? And as I mentioned last week, like that, that verse starts off with, uh, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Like God looks to re- replace our desires with his. It's again, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an exchange that takes place. And when we start to desire what he desires, that's what Jesus is talking about in John 15 when he says, ask anything in my name and it'll be given to you. First Peter says, according to his will, right? But, but when we're abiding in his word, as, as it says in John 15, 9, like if we're abiding in his word and in him, right? Then, then we can ask anything according to his, uh, his will or accor- we can ask anything in his name, that's what it means, and it will be given to you. Like God desires, like we need to delight. Have you ever prayed this? God help you to be my delight. Like that's such a, I mean, that's been a prayer of mine for months now that, that, that you would be my, my greatest joy, my pleasure. Great, better is one day in your presence than a thousand elsewhere. That you would be the, 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 the depiction for me of what beauty is. Because that's true. That's true. And uh, so delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you, like he, he will begin to, to make your desires his desires 
so that we start desiring what he wants. And, and there was a desire in my heart to, 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 to be missional during this season. I just, I love being on mission and mission trips. And so on April, um, May 4th, uh, a friend of mine from Cincinnati who I'd been, we had been on a mission trip with, Ray and Mary were on that trip and, and uh, Mike came down and with his wife, Kathy, they come down every year. Mike stayed with us as he'd done his, um, his training to be, a, to be a, a chaplain for Samaritan's Purse. And, um, and they came down, and uh, it's our one time a year that, that we go to Po Folks, because he loves Po Folks. So um, I can't say I do. But anyway, like, um, sorry, Po Folks. But like, um, so we go, and, uh, and he's sharing about a Samaritan's Purse that's, trip that's coming up. And, and he's like, you want to go with us? We have a spot. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I would love to just be a participant and go and, and serve. Well, many of you know that, you know, down the road, Rob was able to go with me and we went together and it was amazing. It was amazing. But God had to do a work in me uh, as far as the tiredness and the fatigue before that trip even set, seemed possible. I got to be honest with you, and this is, this is I'm just confess, boasting in my weaknesses, is that after I, I said I would do that and I did all the paperwork and all that, I'm going, what have I done? I, I mean, so I don't have any energy. I don't have any. And this is what's been such a, a sad thing for me uh, in, the, in the last couple of years is that like things that I love to do, I just, have you ever like, you, you ever want to buy something and it's, say it's $100? And you have four. I mean, it's just like, I can't, I can't buy that. Well, that's how it was with me prior to the sabbatical when it came to energy. I was like, I'd love to do that, but I got 30 cents, you know. And, uh, and so, you know, it just created an opportunity that I think the Lord provided. And then it was, you know, like, God, you got, you got to be my, because I got nothing. Um, and, uh, but I, but I, but I desired to do this. So the opportunity was open. We went to Lake Charles, Louisiana in the middle of July, in the middle of July. Did I say that? (laughs) Um, and, and, uh, and it was the week right before VBS. And, uh, so I want to also say this at this moment. Um, the Lord is really, um, impressed on my heart that we would go back to Lake Charles uh, there, this is an area within 10 months. If you remember last year, they got Laura, then they got Delta, then they had a freeze, 10 months now, and then they had two floods back to back. If you ever want to go somewhere and just feel like a, a cultural despair, not that anybody wants to go there to do that, but like it's, it was just, but, but then to infuse the hope of Jesus Christ and to come in and, and be, be helping to rebuild homes like Gene and Josh, grandfather and, or grandfather and grandson are, were the owners of the home that we were working on. And just to see them come every day and feel like, like this is what Gene said, the grandfather. He said, I, I literally just wanted to put a match to it. And now he is so excited about his home being restored. You know, and that's just a picture of, of what God does in our lives as he restores our hearts and homes. And so stay tuned because there's going to be a, another, I, I know it, the Lord's put it in my heart. We're going we're gonna to head back there as a church uh, in, in, the, in the recent future um, and a, as the Lord leads. 
So as I continued to ponder and pray about how I would steward this precious opportunity, I sense, and I will say that I kind of overthought this time, big time. Like I was like, oh, this is a precious opportunity. What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? Studied, looked into things. Like I, I didn't want to stand on the other side of it now and go, man, I, I, I should have done this. You know, and, and that's on me. Um, but I just continued to ponder. But then I, I prayed about how I would steward this precious opportunity. And I sensed a real strong leading to, uh, to spend some significant time in the word. And of course, I got excited about that. And I began to lay out a plan through the Bible for three months, right? I, I'm going to read through the whole Bible. I think I shared this with some of you for three months. Now, anybody know how many books there are in the Bible? Okay, so how many, uh, how many chapters are there in the Bible? There's 1,189 chapters, right? So, and then, um, so then I began to break that down. Well, how many average verses in, in, in these chapters is how long? And it's about, it's 26.2 verses per chapter, right? So I'm starting to think, well, how am I going to do this? Well, if you want to read through the Bible in a year, you've got to read 3.25, you got to read three and a quarter chapters every day. And that's, that's you know, the, what it takes to get through the Bible, to not get through, to, to journey through God's word and, and, and receive his heart, right, uh, in a year. And, um, and so I thought, okay, well, I'll take that 3.25 and I'll... To, I'll multiply it by four because I'm going to do it in three months. So 13 chapters a day, right? Well, it doesn't seem overwhelming at all, right? I mean, 13 chapters in a day. In fact, do you know how many, how many uh, verses there are in the Bible? Anybody know? There are 31,102 verses. And so the, the, the goal was to, to read through the Bible in three months, right? So um, that would be an average of 338 verses a day at 8.18 seconds um, a verse, um, 46 minutes. So take, you know, that's, that's very doable, right? <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, first of all, don't we all eat differently? I, I, don't, I, I won't mention any names, but there's some folks that, that don't even chew that I, I mean, we all eat different. And, and if you've ever eaten with me, and Jerry can attest to this, I, I eat pretty slowly. Um, uh, and, and I think we feed on God's word differently too, right? And, uh, and I'm a slow reader from the standpoint, like I get super captured by things. And I, I, I can read a verse and, and just be overwhelmed. So, um, so basically, I just got to First Samuel, like I, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and... Yep, I just got to 1 Samuel 17, David and Goliath, and I'm like, I need some New Testament. So I've, I've read Galatians, Hebrews, and I'm in the Gospels, and there was the three months, right? So, you know, there's, there's a lot to be learned by that. Um, in fact, um, I, I would tell you this, uh, no, I won't go there, but don't miss, the, don't, book, don't miss the book of Malachi. Such rich it's so rich for, for the time we're in right now when you understand the context. Um, but just a, you know, I, I've learned that I, I've got to lay aside my plants. Do you think that's a, a lesson that we're always learning, trying to plan and discern details? Um, and, you know, we can have great intentions, but oftentimes we just need to walk it out one moment. I heard someone say just recently, like rather than just one moment or one divine appointment at a time, one prayer at a time, 
like just keeping in step with his spirit. Um, what a rich experience. So the, the sabbatical began with a lot of rest and reading, which led to a lot of reflection and praise. Um, and this really is the true like intention of Sabbath. Like, I mean, I, there's, no, there's no sin in Sabbath. There's no law. I mean, we've been, we've been, you know, given the Sabbath rest when we were given Christ. But like, there's a benefit. There's a principle there that we benefit tremendously from when we realize that resting and reading, meditating on his word, that there's a, there's a blessing that's in that. We see in Psalms 1, uh, blesses the man who, 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 who uh, meditates on his word Day, and I think this includes ladies too, just so I'm just saying. Um, day and night, uh, for he will be like a tree that's planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. And then this is what it says, and whatever he does will prosper. Why? Because the, the, the delight is in the law of the Lord, on his word, delighting in his word. And, uh, and I found that to be so, so rich. So I want to share this with you. I shared this with the staff this week. Uh, Bron, if we could throw that up. Um, this is Matthew eleven, twenty-eight to 30. And, um, and I also shared this with the, the men's fellowship on Friday. Um, but, and I can't spend too much time here, but I encourage you to meditate on this passage. Meditate on this in light of what we looked at in Psalms 23 last week. But this is what it says. It says, now, this is G- these are red letters. Uh, not here, of course, but, but these are Jesus's words. And this is what he opens with. And, and, and the context here is, is so important because he's basically saying what he's talking about is giving us the father. Like he says, you know, I alone know the father and the father knows alone knows me, but I'm the one that can, can reveal him to you. And then this is what he says. He says, come to me. He doesn't say come to anything or anyone else. He, he, it's, it's personal. It's relational. He, he invites us into himself. Isn't that beautiful? Like, it's, doesn't that speak to what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks? Like, he invites us to his feet, to his presence, to himself. And he says, all, all who labor and are heavy laden. Like, that's us that are laden by sin and, and the law, burdened by its its, its expectations and its demands. Like, you know, if you obey the law, you will live. Okay, good luck with that, right? Like, and so it go, he goes on to say, and I will give you rest. So he's basically says, come to me and I will give you rest. Let's, let's go to the next verse. Then he says this. So he says to me, he says to us, uh, anybody in this, mor- this morning in need of some rest? Like verse 30 says, rest for your soul. Like, I mean, core rest, like rest that, that saturates our lives. And, and he says, come to me and I will give you rest. Well, then he says this. He says, take my yoke. So a rabbi's yoke was his teaching, right? We get that because he says, learn from me, right? So the rabbi's yoke was his teaching. He was saying, and, and he was truly using a yoke as an illustration for us to understand that he's inviting us in to his lordship, his leadership. I mean, what is a yoke? A yoke is where two animals, usually oxen, are locked together in order to, to, to work out a task that the, the man or the person can't do, right? And it's, Jesus is inviting us into a yoke of like to, to do what, what we can't do 
And, and, and oftentimes the struggle for us is, is we want to set the pace and we want to set the direction. And when it comes to this yoke, what he's inviting us to do is to take his yoke upon us and let him set the pace, the direction. Let him be the strength that gets the, the mission done. And guys, that, that's what's required of it. Take my yoke. Now, to really kind of unpack this a little bit more, he's saying, take my teachings. And what he means by this is that we have to submit to his word. We have to submit to his teaching. We have to put ourselves under his teaching. Have you ever been in a situation where his teachings are like, yeah, I don't want to do that. And I, I, I don't know that I can, I can put myself under that. But what he's telling us is, is that his rest is found when we put ourselves under his teaching. Like, and and it's, it's not burdensome. It's not heavy. It's light. And it's filled with rest because he's the one doing the heavy lifting and has done the heavy lifting. So he says, take my yoke or teachings upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lonely at heart or in heart. Like that's his leadership. Like, you know, there, there are, yeah, can you imagine the two animals in a yoke and they're, 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 you know, they're tilling the field and, uh, and you, you kind of get a sense of a slave driver behind them, right? And, and Jesus is saying, man, my, I am gentle and lonely and lowly, humble. I'm gentle and humble in my leadership in your life. He's not going to force his agenda or his pace on you. But let me, let me ask you to do something because the Lord woke me up early this morning with this for, for a while on this is that choose him. Choose his word. Choose his yoke. Come to him. Like right now, there are circumstances in your life that God's word speaks like direction into and it might not be perceived as the, like when Jesus was in the garden as the easy path and it won't, but put yourself under that yoke. Do, do what God's, what Jesus's yoke, his teachings and, and learn from him and let him, and let him lead your life. Let him be the, the one that, that drives your life as the, as the yoke and the one that sets the pace because he's gentle and humble or lowly in heart and you will find, like, this is where you will find rest for your souls. Right? Like, let me, let me have your life. Let, let me lead your life. Let me, trust me to do what's best for you. And you will have rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Man, there's so much more to that. And, and that, again, was another teaching during the sabbatical. Initially, I, I, I wondered where, uh, would I, where, where would I worship uh, and how in the world I would survive without my precious church family and Bible study and fellowship and, my, and our men's ministry and, and, and breakfast. But the Lord called me to take it one moment at a time. And I went to different churches on Sunday mornings, hoping to find community. Um, unfortunately, none of those really fit for me. And I remember in the midst of that, um, I, I ended up on a Sunday morning deciding to to stream a church experience. And, um, and the passage was on Abraham. And I had just started Genesis and, uh, and was in the same spot. 
And the, the passage was on Abraham sacrificing his son, his son of promise, his only son. And man, this was a, a huge turning point for me um, in the month of May. I, I really felt like the Lord was saying to me, I need you to surrender faith fellowship. I need you to surrender everything. I need you to, to be an open book. I need you to, to lay it all down, lay it all down. And if I give it back to you, I give it back to you. If I don't, I don't. But I just need you to put your son or in your life on the altar here. And, uh, and, and you know, um, I can honestly tell you that I was excited about it. Um, it, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a wrestle match. I, I know that there's been times in my past where that might have been the case, but I was, I, was so, I was so willing in that moment and so relieved and so ready to worship him in that surrendered posture. We had talked about it all year last year. And it's just, you know, but it's, it, it was already kind of my disposition. And, and, uh, but I'll tell you this, I was, I was hoping that he would, he, would, he would give it back to me. You know, just like Moses, I mean, Abraham, when he climbed the mountain, he said to his servants, we will go up and worship and we will. Like he had this confidence because of the promises of God. So there was a surrender. So when June came along, uh, we were blessed with the virus. Blessed with that. Um, he makes us lie down in green pastures, right? Lesson one all over again. And uh, first of all, yes, it was miserable, but it was also an answer to prayer and a blessing. Now, you might be saying, what? Yes, I was uh, without an appetite. And one of the things that I wanted to do or felt like I had the desire to do during the sabbatical was to fast, like to do a, a long fast. And everybody else seems to lose their, their taste and smell. Mine was hyper. And so everything tasted terrible, smelt. I didn't have any appetite. And I'm like, Lord, you know, I get it. All right, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to have this time of fasting and, and spending that time in a more concentrated form of prayer and seeking you out. And there is something that happens when we lay aside our physical, like hunger. There's a spiritual hunger that grows. The longer it goes, and, and I've talked to tons of people on this, and they all attest to the same thing, that there's, that like, it, as we lay aside and maybe we fast from things that we, we know that we have some affinity, unhealthy affinity for or, or idolatry in. And, and it, it curbs that appetite and gives us a, a longing for him as we seek him in that. And that's exactly, exactly what happened. Um, on the other side of that, um, I'm going to tell you um, that I started feeling fantastic better than I had felt in years. And I was like a little blown away. Now, I, I will tell you that, that, and John could test it, and, and Ray, it was horrible. The, 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 the 17 days were of sickness was terrible. And I want to pause here and just say thank you to my church family for being so gracious in giving and sharing meals and just being so loving. And let's make sure we do that for every single person in our church family. But on the other side of this, um, like I was no longer like chronically fatigued. I, had, I didn't have this mild headache anymore. I, I wasn't, uh, I didn't have this stomach stuff going on. And, and I, I, I really, I actually, when I woke up, wanted to get out of bed. Like it was, I was like, wow, what's going on here? It's amazing. Well, just a few days later, I was invited by John uh, and Anne to, uh, to a gathering on July 3rd. 
And uh, this was four or five days, uh, six days after the 17-day you know, COVID piece. And uh, during this wonderful, John, again, thank you for inviting. It was, it was just a one, but it was a family gathering and I got to meet five generations of, you know, his mom and, and, and all this, these wonderful folks in his family. And one of the young ladies that I met was, I believe it's your niece, Summer. And Summer has two autistic children. And because um, gluten was, uh, caused autism to have even a more radical expression in their lives she uh, as a as a mother had to find ways to eliminate gluten from from their home and from their lives for her kids sake and this was this was over a decade earlier and so she she had become an expert in gluten in fact she's a gluten counselor and she goes into homes and helps people to purge their pantries and and uh, learn how to cook and go to the grocery store teach them how to shop gluten-free all this and in the course of this wonderful, I mean, we, we talked for over two hours. It was amazing, but it was very Christ-centered conversation. She started to list like what are the, the symptoms of, of gluten and what it causes. And she's like chronic fatigue, like mild headache. I mean, like she was standing right there and she was going check, 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 check all the way down. And guys, I'm going to tell you that, I mean, Donna's been gluten-free for what, 12 years somewhere in that neighborhood, um, nine years, sorry, 2012. Um, I, I have all this energy. I, have, I, I don't have this, this, this chronic sense of fatigue. And the Lord does this, you know, to kind of put this in perspective, like in such a, a beautiful way, in such a beautiful time, you know, we end up, I end up going on the, the mission trip that Saturday. And not only do I have the, the energy to serve which is, I mean, you're, you're, you're working eight hours a day out in the sun. I mean, it's, it's, and then we come back and there's a basketball court. We're able to play back. I mean, like the Lord just blessed. And since then, like I've just, it's not that I don't, I, I can't eat gluten. I, I don't want to, but the Lord revealed that through that season. He answered that prayer. And now I've been relieved of the very thing that was burdensome, you know, and what a blessing. What a blessing. And without COVID, I, I, I wouldn't have even realized that. That wouldn't have even come to, 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 to reveal itself. And so there are, there are just amazing blessings in every circumstance in our life if we really believe that God can, can do anything, and he will. So I think one of the lessons that I learned in that was listen to other people's stories. You know, we talked about years back, we had this, you know, our, our, our annual um, themes, one was bless, begin in prayer, listen with care. Like in order to, to share a witness with somebody, we have to hear them and, and listen. And I think that's a, that's a huge, huge lesson. So I, I want to tell you that the, the next weeks were amazing. They really were. They were filled with divine appointments and excitement. My vision came back for the church and uh, just excited about what God was doing. There was several just amazing divine appointments. Um, I, I remember we, we started, I, I now wanted to go back to the gym. And, and so we go to, the, to UFIT and we're signing up and I meet this guy named Devin. And Devin, uh, we have our niece with us and, and uh, we see this sign in the back. It says childcare. And, and she asked, can, can she go back for childcare while we meet over this? And uh, he's like, we don't do that anymore since COVID. And, and, and immediately, it's like the Lord laid on my heart. It's like, well, could we do an after-school program so that 
single moms and, and folks could, could, could work out and go have you know, lunch or I mean, go buy their groceries or whatever. That, it would just, and then this wonderful conversation ensued with, this, with the manager of UFIT and, and they're excited and open to this opportunity where we could literally have, have, have folks that we, we might not know come to our campus and, and care for their, their child in a safe and loving and Christ-centered environment so that they could have some time of you know, rest and refreshment and work out and go and, and do homework time so their kids, you know, don't have that on them when they come home after work. And, and so the, all of the, that, that's where vision came for that. And I, I got so excited about th- this way that we could literally minister to our, to our community. Um, met a young man named Jeremiah. Uh, this all was within six days and, and it just seemed like divine appointment after one right after another as we just, just seek like, Lord, what would you have me to do next? And it just, it was so, one day uh, I, I got up to go to the gym and I, I picked Jerry up and uh, we were heading to the gym and, and the Lord just led, my mother-in-law had sent two, because we were, we were going to the Bahamas later on and, and uh, she had sent two of her watches to get batteries put in. And uh, I, just, I just felt led to go to this one jeweler that's uh, over across from Tyrone Square Mall next to Athenian Garden. And, um, and so um, I, I, I started going there. Jerry's like, where are we going? I said, the Lord's just impressed on my heart that I've got to go take these to this jeweler. And so, um, and man, don't, don't ever discount when the spirit leads you to, no matter how obscure it is. Um, so I, 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 we get to this jeweler and, and we literally pull up at 10 o'clock and they open at 10 o'clock. And, um, but finally they, you know, he opens the door and his name is Chad and, um, and he's the son of the owners. And, uh, and so as he's coming to the door, I can tell that his movement is, is kind of stiffened. And we had just gotten through, uh, that last tropical storm, uh, if you remember. And, uh, there was, uh, there was a lot of excitement, uh, for people that surf. Um, and so I walk in and, and Chad is really stiff and tenuous. And, and so we, we start having a conversation and, and I'm sharing, you know, some things. And, and I noticed that his, his movement's a little hindered. And I said, I said, Hey, um, you know, what's going on? Is this yeah, I went out surfing, uh, started having conversations. Well, do you know this person? Do you know this person? And, and got some connection going and mentioned, uh, my doctor who's a surfer, uh, or a chiropractor also. And, just just this this wonderful just moment where where things it just seemed like there was this massive connection with chad and uh and able to kind of minister and serve and love on him well i turned to leave and i'm like no so i turned back and i just said chad i just want you to know uh with all that said that you know god loves you i mean the reason that you are that you're even given some of this information today um or just love is because because I love you, God loves you, and he cares for you. And she, he's like, I know. And his mother's over here going, I told you so, I told you so. And I'm like, what? so she's all excited. You know, he's been, he's been in the store since he was three months old. The, the store's 35 years old. His mom is, is Catholic. She's had priests come into the store uh, often because they're, they're Catholic. And, and so at one point she said, can I tell you a quick story? And I said, sure. And she said, well, this um, at one point, uh, our, our, our bishop for the area, I guess that's a big deal, um, came in and, um, and he, uh, he said, she said, do I know you? And uh, he said, um, uh, maybe, but I definitely know you. Well, she didn't know if she was in trouble or not. But at that point, she said, she said well, how? And she go, he goes, you have been such a blessing to the church. 
because she would always do all the, the, the repairs on, on watches and stuff for the, for the priests and rosaries and all that. And so he, he, he proceeded to say, I, I want to I bless your store and, uh, and prayed over the, you know, just she said from the door to the bathroom, like just prayed over everything, right? So she had the same experience with, with a rabbi and uh, she said it was incredible. So our store is, is blessed. And uh, she, so in the course of our conversation with Chad, she, she, she somehow it got connected that I was in ministry and she goes, would you pray for our store? And, uh, and I said, I'd be happy to pray for your family, like for sure. So I just, just had the opportunity. Amazing. You got an opportunity just to pray over this family and Chad and, and this whole, well, as I'm praying, the, 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 the bell on the door rings, right? Someone came in. Well, I mean, eyes closed, you know, but the person you could tell just stopped, right? And they just stopped there. Well, I, I get done, and of course, it's in, in Jesus' name. And she's like, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Like, she was so excited. Like, so I come out the door. Jerry's outside because at that point, he needed the mask to go inside. And I'm like, Jerry, that was awesome. Like, that was amazing. And, and from there, you know, we're still heading off to the gym. And we, we're going towards the gym. And I had these Tijuana Flats cards that you get from when Ray strike out 10 people. And, and they're in the car. And the, one of the guys in the store said, I love these things because you can share them with the homeless. And I'm like, that's perfect. Like it's a whole meal and you can, and we pull up and here's a guy on the corner of 66, which by the way, T flats is right there, right there. And I'm like, so excited, right? I'm so excited because it's like, I, we can share with this guy that God loves you. And here's a, a meal God's prov- providing for you. And it just, but Guys, I, I got a list of things here I want to share with you, but I'm just telling you, like, like, man, it's just, I love when God just lights up our path with opportunity, which I believe he does all the time. And when we have eyes to see that and we forsake our schedule and forsake our agendas and forsake our plans so that we can fully embrace his, man, it's just like, boom, boom, boom. Like, he's got it. Like, let me ask you a question. Do you think that God had your, your life planned out before you lived your first day? Right? So do we need to bring any plans to the occasion? Do you think that any of the disciples uh, in the course, of, can you imagine like a year into to ministry with Peter, James, John, the gang, and, and Peter comes to Jesus like, hey, some of my buddies came to town. I'm going to go hang out with them Friday night. That didn't happen, right? They, they were doing what Jesus was doing. They were following him. Or isn't the same call on our life to follow Jesus wherever that leads and if we look at Jesus' life, we know that that's going to be difficult. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Like we know that there's going to be hard times in that. But what we're called to do exactly what Jesus did, just to hold on to the Father. You know, I think of an occasion where, like, remember when Lazarus was dying? Like, imagine being in that moment, right? And Jesus says, oh, no, he's, he's asleep, uh, he's going to fall asleep. And the disciples are like, oh, that's good. Then he'll get better. No, no, you don't, you don't understand. He's going to die. Well, we better go. And he's like, no, that's not what the father wants. We don't even have to understand. I mean, that doesn't even like compassionate God not going to an opportunity where he could, because he has greater plans and we have to trust him for it. And so, um, I, you know, we, uh, Sheba and I had the privilege after, after VBS, which was amazing. Thank you to everyone that was a part of VBS this year. What a, what a wonderful week. Um, we, we, uh, we ended the sabbatical with a trip to the Bahamas. And if any of you guys know, Sheba was planned to go with our, one of our nieces uh, and her sister uh, to the Bahamas when we got COVID. 
So that was a major disappointment for her and for her family. And so uh, the Lord made it, worked it out that we could go at this interval at the end of uh, the sabbatical. And, and, and this proved to be amazing from this. And this is the last piece I'll share with you. Um, this proved to be amazing from this standpoint. I had in my heart a desire to go and, and do uh, some sort of international mission. Right. And even after the domestic experience, I just still had a longing for this. And here we are going back to Sheba's home island, uh, an island where I, I was privileged to do ministry for years before I even met Sheba. And um, and and God provided incredible moments to minister to friends and family that were unbelievable. This incredible just ministry moments that I will cherish for a lifetime. And in the midst of that, uh, I heard um, the hearts of four of our f- couple friends that um, that are church planting, and um, and and this is at the same moment that Miss Helen has has gone home to be with the Lord, and we were able to watch her memorial service online from from the Bahamas, which was a treasure and a treat. And but in that same time frame. We're meeting with these four couples. I mean, one of the one of the couples, the basically the the the, the, the leader and and visionary, um, I had in VBS from when he was nine to eleven years old. He's thirty seven now. I'm old, so like he he. Um, but I mean, like so, the, 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 like the vision that they have. The, the I mean, God is just blessed. They have they they basically been meeting in their home. We we went to to church with them. Literally, it's like. 12 people and they and they've they've got a this was the second week they were meeting in their little their facility that 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 the lord built and it's and the vision is so exciting i mean this little group that's been meeting for a year in the midst of covid and all that has been able to to give over a hundred and fifty thousand dollars missionally to their community uh for dorian relief like because they have all these folks from abaco that have been living there because their home was destroyed and uh, and all that's going on there. So what the Lord has led in my heart to do, and we're, meet, we're going to be meeting uh, and talking about this, is for us to, to, to come alongside and partner with this church plant, which they are thrilled about a potential partnership with us. So, and I thought, how ideal to, in, in, in you know, thinking about Miss Helen's past, I mean, 36 years of missionary in, in South America, church planting, and 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 at the, at the moment where she is gone home to be with the Lord, there's an opportunity for us to to partner with a church in the Bahamas and and plant the gospel through these precious folks that are excited. So I'm I'm super super excited about that. Um, that also provides an opportunity uh, for us next summer. Uh, one of the things we were praying about is like we got to the end of our VBS week, and it was like this is so amazing, it's just so much work for. One week, you'd love to be able to do it two or three more times for the community or for others. And the Lord just laid on my heart that we would take VBS to the Bahamas next year. And actually, which we've done, you know, several times, but to take it back to the church and do it for the the, the community there in Spanish Wells. And so um, 
let's see how the Lord works in that. I'm hoping that comes to fruition, that we can take a team from here and go to uh, Sheba's little tiny island in the Bahamas and do VBS next year, partner with this church plant, see what God can do. But I know that he's moving and he's opening doors, uh, opportunities galore. Open our eyes, Lord, that we might see the incredible... Guys, every single one of you sitting here today, God has a work for you to do every day. You know, we put a sign outside. You see it as you leave the property. You're now entering your mission field. Um, please know that God wants to use you in mighty ways in order to bless and to re- just share his good news and his gospel with the world. So the final thing I want to close with, there was two prayers that I was praying for our church uh, while I was on sabbatical. And uh, the, the, they both come from Ephesians. And this is what I was praying for you um, through this time. And uh, I'm going to read the first one, uh, which comes from Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. And then I'm going to read the final one. But please hear this as a prayer, uh, a passionate prayer that, that, that I'm asking the Lord for our church family and for our church body. And then we're going to close in, uh, in, our, in, in worship. Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. For this reason, I bow my knee before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he might grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints that is the breadth, the length, the height and depth, speaking of his love, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And earlier in chapter one, Paul has this prayer for the church in Ephesus and my heart and prayer for you. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love Towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org.